What highly drafted running back not named Todd Gurley has red flags around his health? We play a Yaman or nine with the Packers wide receivers. Plus, you'll find out shortly whether you made it in to the 2019 FFPC Pros versus Joes this season. And last year's Pros versus Joes runner-up and main event league title winner Sky Eilers drops in to talk about the Patriots rookies, the Vikings wideouts, and much more. We've got a great show for you. Dave Gerzak is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. everybody. If you got what it takes. KRS and I'm on the mic and premieres on the break. Broadcast live and heard around the world. You are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts, Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. With the master rhymer, the behind a video To each and every one of you, Balkaholics and Gerzak and Addicts, welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I am, of course, your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman, and my co-host is indeed the patron saint of fantasy football, the Dizzle, Dave Gerzak. Coming up on tonight's show, we're going to get to the latest news surrounding Tyreek Hill's 2019 availability status. We'll announce the 36 FFPC players competing against the 36 industry analysts in the 2019 FFPC Pros vs. Joes Challenge coming up next month. And a 2018 Pros vs. Joes and main event league winner, Sky Eilers, dishes on his Football Guys drafts so far this season and much more. Feel free to connect with us on Twitter at HSFFR, at Eric Balkman, at David Gerzak. Sky is on Twitter at Sky Eilers. That's S-K-Y-E-I-L-E-R-S. Facebook.com slash HSFFR, 347-426-3682, 347-GAME-OVA. If you want to give us a buzz and chat with us tonight, if you have any questions, you can do that on these airwaves, or you can email highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com if you have any questions for us. We'll do our best to get to the tweets, emails, and phone calls in the fantasy feedback segment coming up later on in the show. It is a big night, Dave. We are roughly, oh, I don't know, um, a month and a half, six weeks out from the first Pros versus Joes draft of the season, and people are just literally waiting with bated breath. The breath is bated. Sounds good, Balky. Let's get to it. You want to get to it? All right, we'll get to it. All right. So uh, these are the 36 Joes in no particular order. We have um, – uh, they're not in alphabetical order or what have you. I'm going to read them in sort of like groups of three. So there should be 12 groups of three here. So I'm going to kick things off here, and if I butcher your name, I'm very sorry in advance. But uh, I do the best I can. All right, so leading things off, the first three Participants in no particular order in the FFPC Joe's Pros Joe's competition. Michael Edelman is uh, team uh, first team in, uh, and then a guy who is uh, I'm very excited to see his name on this list. Biplab Mandel is going to be in this year. John Gifford, of course, a longtime FFPC player in as well. The next three: 
Kimra Schlischer, Stephen Hutcherson, and Matthew Tretter. Welcome as Joes into the competition. Moving on, Mark Palmer, Jimmy Wagner, and Kurt Kikis all participating this year. Jay Reed, and this is the one I might butcher, Brian Petrunik. Do you have any help on that? Is it Petrunik? Is that your guess? Sure. All right. <laughs> Patrick Beasley also. So Jay Reed, Brian Petrunik, Patrick Beasley. Ryan Poole, Timothy Skorecki, and Troy Wells also in as well, as those are the first 15. We'll get to the final 21 here. Gregory Cantor, Danny Mueller, and Adam Krautwurst, all defending the Joe's honor this year in the PBJ. Dave Shioto, Matthew Zimmer, Dan Williamson, welcome aboard. You are going to be playing part of the roles of the Joe's this year. Jason Mitchell, uh, Rich Rissinger, and Robert Gross all in as well. That is 24. The 36 here are the final 12. Aaron Scott, Michael Apt, and Jason Preem are all FFPC Joes in. Chris Carlson, Richie Nishura, I think I'm pronouncing that right, and Ray Cowart uh, all in. Here are the final six. Richard Lowe, Ryan Kaler, and Shelley Fossum. Final three, Richard Lane, Chad Schroeder, David Hubbard, all in. Those are the 36 Joes representing the FFPC. Thanks to everybody who entered the drawing this year. Those are your winners. You will be in contact with Darren Armani probably within the next, so oh, I don't know, 72 hours or so regarding which date would work out best for you to draft. There's going to be six dates, uh, six Joes, six pros in each competition, in each draft, and they will uh, all be um, participating, uh, playing for a 2020 free FFPC main event uh, entry. So congratulations to all the winners. And I want to remind everybody, if you are looking for some drafting action, be, feel free to stop by myffpc.com. Plenty of best ball and classics going on there right now. Dynasty startups also forming, and you can check those out. I think there's some available starting Tuesday, but we'll have those going on throughout the next few months as well. Superflex double ups, of course, always at myffpc.com. And don't forget about that early bird for the Football Guys Players Championship. Enter before June 30th, draft before July 15th, and you will get a free $35 team credit into your account. We'll do that up to three times for you this year. So if you're not taking advantage of that football guy's early bird, I strongly encourage you to uh, switch, switch your uh, direction on that and join up because it, uh, it is well worth it as we all start prepping for the main event coming up in the fall. Now, let's bring in tonight's guest who did some pretty good main event prep via the Pros vs. Joe's uh, challenge last year. He is a gentleman who's been playing in a highly competitive fantasy home league for more than 20 years. He's actually a rookie dynasty player uh, in 2007 when Adrian Peterson, Calvin Johnson, and Marshawn Lynch were all rookies that year as well. Give you an idea how long he's been playing dynasty. Now, 2019 is his third season with teams in the FFPC, plays the main event Football Guys Players Championship, and he has two dynasty leagues as well. He's coming off a season in which he won his FFPC main event league uh, as well as his pros versus Joe's league last year, including finishing as the overall runner-up behind fellow FFPC Joe's Sean Isaacs and Caleb Alcorn. You can follow him on Twitter at Sky Eilers. Please welcome back to these airwaves. It is Mr. Sky Eilers. Sky, thank you so much for hanging out with us tonight and talking a little fantasy football, man. Hi, yeah, thanks a lot for having me back, uh, Eric and Dave. I appreciate that. Yeah, I'm not sure if everybody remembers, but when you were drafting your uh, your your Yosemite Sam Bradford team, I believe is what what it was called last year in Pros versus Joes, you actually called in 
and we, we actually got yeah. a chance to talk to you on the show. So technically you've already been on. You're making a return to the show tonight, and certainly uh, it, it's always sweeter you can come back knowing that you have a main event league title and a PVJ league title under your belt. Right, yeah. I just, I'm hoping to uh, have my best season this year, so you know, you'll have to invite me again if I um, you know, finish a higher on the, the leaderboard uh, for the main event. But uh, but I should say good yeah, luck like to it all, all the, right. So uh, good luck to the pros um, in this tournament because uh, you know they'll probably need it the most versus this group of of Joes that you put together. Yeah, it's 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 a talented field. It was a talented field uh, headlined by you and and Isaacs and Alcorn last year. As you guys, um, uh, the, the the only pro to win his league last year was of course Fantasy Mojo's Darren Armani. Uh, the rest of the other five leagues were all won by FFPC Joe, so certainly... That's hilarious. Yeah, it was hilarious. It was a very good performance by the Joes last year, and we'll actually get into a little bit. Before we do that, Sky, can you tell the listeners what you do for a living? Sure. Um, right now, I, I'd say the biggest thing for me has been moving. Uh, I went from North Dakota <laughs> all the way to New Mexico, so I'm in uh, transition, but that has been a lot of work for a few months. Um, I'm planning to go back to school in Albuquerque uh, and study psychology. Um, but for right now, um, getting um, back to focused on uh, investing online. Um, I've got an account with stocks and mutual funds and, and that, but uh, I hope to see the, the fastest growth uh, with my fantasy football investing. Um, uh, I like what you're doing at uh, FFPC, FFPC, raising the stakes. Um, top prize from 250 to 500,000. So yeah, so I hope uh, I can give my best effort this fall and uh, also place in some uh, DFS contests uh, as well. You know, it's, a, it's a lot of uh, fish in the fryer, Dave. Yeah, for, that's for Sky. Yeah. yeah, moving is. I mean, Albuquerque. The weather's got to be a lot better in North Dakota. I know. Uh, I know North Dakota. Uh, do you really? Oh, yeah. you do actually. That's right. I've been there a few times. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fargo and the like. And now we got to get down to visit Sky in the ABQ, Dave. Yeah, hope, yeah. We maybe we can uh, tour the Breaking Bad set with you, like all the all the other dorks that go down there. <laughs> Which, by the way, we love Breaking Bad. Yeah, like and we are dorks. Yeah, we are dorks. Yeah, yeah dorks, clearly, like, absolutely. Anyway, um, back to yeah, fantasy. Uh, Congrats on winning. That's a great show. Go ahead, go ahead, Sky. Go ahead. I would say I, I'm a little bit south of Albuquerque. I try, I'm trying to avoid a a little bit of that Breaking Bad scene, you know, but. Um, but no, it's it's great uh, from watching that show. The the scenery, the views, it's it's just really beautiful down here. And yeah, I know you guys in Wisconsin are, uh, you know, you know what I was facing uh, there in North Dakota, in in the winter. So absolutely. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm excited about being here. That's awesome. So uh, you, you were the overall runner-up in Pros versus Joes last year. You won your league. You're just 40 points behind the overall champs, Sean Isaacs and Caleb Alcorn. Um, I'm curious, how how did drafting a league made of half of you know half industry people, versus, and then you have five of your own contemporaries, versus drafting the main event against eleven you know peers, I mean was it different? How did it feel? I mean did some of those you know because so the pros sometimes they just don't really know what you know what the deal is with FFPC leagues and FFPC scoring or drafting best ball. Was it different? Did you could you notice? Could you tell? Yeah, I mean, I think any time I. I'm doing a draft for the FFPC. It's going to kind of bring out the best in me from a, from a challenge perspective. Um, 
because you, you know it's going to be difficult to, to try to win. Um, but, yeah, I think with the pros versus Joes, uh, there were two things that I kind of learned a lot from it. The first, it was just a lot of fun. I mean, I don't know where else this kind of format happens where, you know, the people that I follow on Twitter or read a lot of their um, information and uh, research that they do, um, you know, which helps me out. Um, you get to play, you know, in a league versus those pros and then also sort of test uh, test your knowledge versus um, the people you're likely to play against in the main event or football guys competitions, you know, early in the season. I think it's a really good gauge um, to find out, you know, maybe they're, maybe I'm, I'm right on the value of, of certain players or maybe, you know, I definitely need to take another look or, you know, read a little bit more uh, about somebody I didn't, I didn't get to pick. Um, so that's the first thing about it. It was just a lot of fun. So, I mean, I think if you start talking about $1,500 or more for a, for a main event roster, uh, you know, that gets, feels a little bit serious and uh, me or anybody can start to over strategize. But uh, with my Joe's team, I just had nothing to lose. Um, I had that underdog mentality, and I thought my rankings were, were pretty good or, you know, just as good as any, uh, any pro out there. So, so that team, yeah, that, that turned out being my highest scoring uh, roster out of all the best ball drafts that I did, um, probably 25 or 30. So, and we dra- I forget what date that happened. I think it was late July. So um, but that's the second thing. I... I want to do more teams where I stagger by the date because uh, I fell into that trap where somebody looks really good in preseason and then they're duds uh, in the, in the real games. Uh, Chris Hogan comes to mind, um, Royce Freeman. So hopefully, you know, I can avoid that um, by doing some early, earlier drafts with the football guys. Oh, and then on my uh, Joe's team, I mean, my best pick was James Conner. He was the 23rd round. Um, wow. So you kind of have to take, yeah, take some chances. Uh, and then for the main event teams, I tried to sign up for a couple earlier times, which, which should help there too. Talking with uh, Sky Eilers, who won his uh, Pros vs. Joe's League last year, the overall runner-up in the competition, also a main event league title winner last year. And in the Pros vs. Joe's, Sky, you didn't take actually a wide out until the seventh round when you took Jarvis Landry. When you were planning and, and prepping and putting together your strategy for how you'd attack that draft, was this part of it? Was it part of loading up on running backs and grabbing two tight ends in the first six rounds? Or why did the first quarter of your draft board shake out the way it did last year? Yeah, well, I mean, that's also the reason I, I, I ended up second place overall and not first, um, because for some reason I took uh, Ronald Jones in the fourth round instead of Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, oh. So, I mean, that sounds, that sounds ridiculous now, but um, that was sort of the plan to, to take advantage of the wide receiver depth later you know, get those running backs early, but, but yeah, I, I definitely think uh, I shouldn't be so rigid with a plan. If a guy like Schuster at that time, he just had a little bit of a knee problem. So, which didn't turn out to be anything, obviously. So, you know, if a guy like, like him or another bigger name player falls, I think you should be able to, you know, take that player, even if he doesn't quite fit the position uh, you wanted um, especially when you're competing against 59 teams uh, instead of 11. 
I think the Steelers offense versus uh, a random uh, Buccaneer rookie probably would have been sharper. But, uh, but yeah, two running backs and two tight ends I think is normally a, a pretty good plan. You, you, I think you want to have them maybe within the first six rounds. Well, interesting stuff, and it's always good to be flexible. Obviously, with this format, having the, the tight end premium scoring and, and the dual flex, Dave, uh, gives you an opportunity to, to build your roster a lot of different ways. Yes. And yeah, I, I think that I know they had Juju, so that, so that was tough. I know early uh, throughout the competition I was in first place, but as, you know, Jones and then another running back I took early, Deion Lewis, you know, those guys weren't even seeing the field. And then uh, the, the guys that ended up in first place, we had a great roster as well. They also had Schuster, so, so that made it kind of doubly difficult. But, uh, but, yeah, like I said, it was my first chance at Pros versus Joes and uh, didn't make it in uh, to this round, but uh, you know, maybe, maybe next time I'll get to go from second to first. All right, so, Sky, one of your football guys drafts this year, you selected Marlon Mack for 307 over other backs like Josh Jacobs, Aaron Jones, Devonta Freeman, and Derrick Henry. My question here says, ask me to uh, tell you to sell me on Marlon Mack as a top 15 running back this season. However, you're not majoring in marketing. You're running back to study psychology. So how does owning Marlon Mack make you feel? <laughs> right. Uh, good vibes, yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. All good things. <laughs> Uh, carousel put in the, the quarter and goes round and round um no i think you know he's he's the featured uh featured running back on the the colts offense and um i you know i like that that team a lot um I me mean, andrew luck ty hilton ebron you know they'll be good but they're gonna they'll cost you a lot um i think with mac he's he looks like the goal line back i think the colts have you know, probably the best offensive line, uh, or at least top uh, three or four in the NFL. Um, and then in the draft, of course, they didn't uh, bring in any competition um, for Mac. I don't think uh, Spencer Ware, uh, Wilkins um, will get many carries. And what they also did is, is kind of focused on defense in the draft. So, you know, if the, if the Colts play better defense, the game script uh, – Favors uh, favors more running. Um, yeah, I think Mac looks pretty good. And, and I went ahead and looked at you know, his numbers from last year, and there were three games he had more than 20 carries. Um, and in those games, he averaged 130 yards and scored five touchdowns. Um, so if you can get him in the middle of the third round, uh, I mean, there's some other good players available. Um, I know Amari Cooper is, is, is a receiver I passed up. Um, you've got Aaron Jones, Devonta Freeman, uh, Derrick Henry. But um, I don't know. Uh, with Mac, he, he, probably, he probably won't catch many passes. Uh, obviously, in the PPR league, you want that. Um, with uh, Hines there, we'll, we'll catch a lot of the passes. But, um, but yeah, I, I, I picked Mac in this football guy's draft where I had um, uh, Beckham was my first-round pick, Kittle in round two. So, um, I feel like Matt can, can't, I mean, if, if he doesn't get hurt, uh, right. Like if any running back doesn't get hurt and he plays on a good offense, um, he should be a, uh, solid RB for me. 
Talking with Sky Eilers, who won a uh, FFPC main event league title and a pros versus Joe's league title last year. In that same draft that we were talking about, your football guys, uh, one of your football guys' leagues this year, Sky, you went back to back with Nikhil Harry and Damian Harris, both Patriots rookies. Obviously, any time with any team, uh, playing time is always a concern. Why are you not necessarily concerned about the playing time for Nikhil Harry and Damian uh, Harris in New England, given what you sunk into uh, draft both those guys in this league? Right. Well, uh, Damian Harris is, is the guy who I was kind of, uh, you know, you have some regrets, <laughs> I think especially after these early drafts. But that all changed uh, since uh, the mandatory camp got started and Sony uh, Michelle hasn't practiced. So, I mean, I think the secret's kind of out now that um, the Patriots really liked Harris. And I, I did too. I mean, obviously uh, I kind of was more into dynasty leagues before I um, started doing the FFPC or, or DFS. So, you know, I want to be careful and not, you know, get too high on, on the rookies because um, people can get rookie fever this time of year doing the uh, those drafts. But, um, you know, I think Harris, he wasn't, uh, you know, that much different from talent than Josh Jacobs. I mean, they sort of, as far as I know, kind of split the work there. Um, he can catch passes probably better than Michelle. Um, so, yeah, I mean, when I was thinking about the Patriots, I, again, schedule is something I look at when I'm planning in May and June and um, trying to find, you know, some kind of edge. Um, obviously, things change a lot. You know, you look, we're looking at it now versus when it's actually the playoff weeks, um, 12 through 16. But, uh, you know, the Patriots, they won the Super Bowl, and somehow I think they have the easiest uh, projected schedule uh, from start to finish, including uh, weeks 12 to 16. So, and then last thing, you know, with, I haven't even talked about Harry, but I mean, you saw what uh, the Patriots want to do with uh, Brady, who's now 41, um, no Gronkowski, no Josh Gordon. So, you know, they wanted to run the ball uh, in, the red, in the red zone and have Brady just, uh, you know, kind of tear teams apart like a, a surgeon out there with the short passes. So that's where I think uh, Nikhil Harry can fit in because he can play outside you know, win the jump balls, but he can kind of fill in that uh, Gronkowski role, you know, as the big receiver. And, uh, you know, I, I just don't think he's your typical rookie. Um, he's been my, the one, one pick for me um, when I'm doing, doing the uh, dynasty research um, the whole time. And I mean, I think he's only like kind of expanding the, the lead uh, over David Montgomery, who I've got as number two, but I just think, uh, Harry's the best rookie. Um, he, I think he can step in right away uh, and make an impact because, you know, besides uh, Edelman and James White, who, who do they have to catch catch the ball? I mean, Matt Lacoste, uh, Inman. So, so yeah. I but just to kind of put it all in perspective, there, uh, I took him. I took Nikhil Harry in the eighth round in, in that draft, um, and I have him ranked as my. Now, this is not for a season league, but he's my number 10 uh, dynasty wide receiver. So I took him in that football guy's draft and as the wide receiver 38. So I don't know. I think that'll work out. I mean, he won't be Randy Moss, and you know, that was 12 years ago with Tom Brady, but um, <laughs> looks, he looks pretty good so far. 
What do you think, Falky? Do you like Harry? Yeah, I do too. Uh, I, I think he's going to be solid for redraft. I like him for dynasty as well. No question, Dave. Absolutely agree with that. Um, okay, let's talk about just a, just a kind of a random question out of nowhere. Uh, who do you like better as a mid to late round running back? More late than uh, better late than never, right? Kalen Balage behind the great Kenyon Drake. Well, average. I couldn't trade Kenyon Drake for a <laughs> Love 20, the Drake. 2021st in a single league. But anyway, or Dexter Williams uh, behind Aaron Jones and possibly Jamal Williams. Not quite sure. What do you think? Kalen Balage or Dexter Williams? Are we talking redraft here, Ball? Redraft. Redraft. Let's talk redraft. Right. Well, it really depends how much uh, you believe in Drake uh, or, or, or not. Um, but I, I think Ballage could be really, could be really good. I could see him in a maybe a 50-50 split um, with Drake. Um, there's not many other playmakers there. Although again, sounds like Devontae Parker is is, is looking good without any uh, defense. Um, so yeah, I mean, he 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 hardly got the ball last year uh, with Gase, but you know now it's a new coaching staff. I mean, the offensive coordinator came over from the Patriots, so. Uh, they should be able to move the ball. Um, I don't know. I think Ballage, he's kind of like a, like a poor man's uh, maybe carry on Johnson or Chris Carson, uh, like a bigger back, but he, he also can, can catch. So, yeah, I like him. The problem is it's the Dolphins. So they're not a team that, um, that, that, I, that I really like. I did live in Costa Rica for a couple of years, uh, 2011 so I tried to root for the Dolphins then because that's like like their home team but uh, it didn't even work for me uh, at that point but um but yeah I really do want to kind of try to stick to a a team approach um so that if I like like you said if I have the choice between a Ballage or Dexter Williams and actually I looked at kind of a couple other running backs um if I could get Jalen Samuels uh, from the Steelers or even uh Foreman from the tech the Texans I think I like those guys, but, um, but no, I mean, I just, uh, I'm thinking about running backs, especially that just tanked my teams, uh, last season. I mean, you mentioned, I, I, I did have a good, uh, a good roster with the main event team, but I had several, several others that fell short, probably because I had either Leonard, Leonard Fournette or Alex Collins. And, uh, you know, those guys were on the Jaguars, the Ravens. I didn't like those offenses. Uh, I still don't, but, uh, you know, if I could get, I'm really looking at a couple, a couple teams. Um, I wanted to mention, you know, at this point, I already talked about, uh, Marlon Mack and the Colts. Um, I think the bears are another one that, uh, you know, their defense can't, can't be as good. Um, I think they'll, they'll keep improving with, uh, Nagy, um, and that, uh, you know, chief style offense. Um, and then Cleveland, and uh, I like the I like the Panthers too. Um, you know that whole NFC South. I think uh, you know if you're looking at players from the Falcons, the Saints, um, or the Buccaneers. Again, from like a psychology perspective, I, uh, I just feel better, you know, about about those teams than uh, Dolphins or I don't know. It's even hard to say with the Packers. Um, you guys probably have a better idea of uh, if Rodgers can bounce back or not, but I mean, even if he does, I think you got, you know, Adams and and Aaron Jones and I don't know maybe Scantling. 
But I, I don't know, Dexter, Dexter Williams I like. But, yeah, I think I, I'm coming around uh, to Aaron Jones. He's, he's a guy that, yeah, it's kind of a toss-up, but probably between him or, or Marlon Mack. Uh, so I, I would say Dexter Williams. Well, I, I like him a lot better than Jamal Williams as far as that goes. Right. All right, that totally makes sense. And I like your team approach. And, I, you know, I was actually going to ask you a question about Adam Gates, but I didn't want to get depressing at all here. But, <laughs> I mean, I, just, I was looking at Adam Gates' coaching tree. And, you know, he worked for Nick Saban for two years, then Mariucci, Rod Marinelli, Mike Nolan, Josh McDaniels for a year or two years, John Fox. He worked under all these guys. Under all these guys, yeah. yeah. And, then, and then he was the head coach of Miami, went 23-25, and 25, never had a division championship, and lost in the one playoff team he had. And then gets promoted to head coach of the Jets. Guy's a total clown. No one likes him outside. I don't even know who likes this guy. Right. Anyway, there's not even a question. I was just ranting I, about Adam Gates. Okay, but let his me, wife might like him. Jennifer Gates, God bless her. Let, I don't even know what his wife's name was. Congratulations. Jennifer, to can you imagine, because the Cleveland Browns had an uh, opening, coaching opening this past year. Can you imagine, would we be talking about the Browns in the same way had they hired Adam Gates instead of Freddie Kitchens? I think everyone would be sad. So anyway, let's talk, let's talk about the Browns. I wanna, let's keep it happy, puppy here. So you picked Baker Mayfield, Odell Beckham, and Jarvis Landry, and a couple of your football guys' drafts. So, and again, back to your team approach, this is a, you know, a team that's totally on the rise. I think their season-long wins prop is probably to make the playoffs, like nine wins probably. As we get later in the drafting season, do you see yourself loading up on the Cleveland players? They're going to come at a price. I mean, are you willing to pay the, uh, the iron price, as they say? Yes, yeah, <laughs> I am. Uh yeah, I just uh, – I think with Baker Mayfield, uh, I mean, the thing about o- Odell Beckham, I mean, there's there's certain players that a lot of drafters, they won't – just they won't touch, you know, based on past experience. And uh, just a fresh start he has, um, just year two with Mayfield where uh, he doesn't have to compete with uh, – Tyrod Taylor again, crazy as that sounds, the the, the was it Hugh Jackson or Huey Lewis, whatever his name is, thought thought Tyrod Taylor <laughs> and the should, news. Uh, should right should start over over Mayfield, um, but yeah, but I just think if that team gets it together, and I just don't see any any reason they wouldn't. Uh, they brought in the coach from Tampa Bay, uh, Monken, Todd Monken. Um, so kind of put, put him together with kitchens who kind of has the running back, um, credentials. Uh, I, I just think they could score a lot of points. And then I think Cincinnati probably still has maybe the worst defense in the league. They play them twice, including I see week 14. Uh, then they go to play the Cardinals, um, Murray versus Mayfield should be interesting in the very important week 15. Um, they've got Miami and Pittsburgh there at the end of the season. Um, and I, I don't know, even the Ravens, I don't think um, are going to have as tough of a defense. They lost a lot of players. So if it all, if it all works out, I mean, I don't know that the Browns from what I've seen so far, I mean, yeah, they're getting all the hype, but they're still in Cleveland. They're not East coast. They're not, you know, California, they, uh, I mean, I took uh, in that, this last football guy's draft. I, I did take Beckham, questionable or not. I took him as the first receiver off the board. Um, I definitely like Mike Thomas. I definitely like Devontae Adams, um, Julio Jones even. But 
I don't know. I just think to get to get Beckham in that late first round or early second is not bad value, considering a couple of years ago he was one of the top, what, three or four picks. Um, and then Kareem Hunt, I almost want to whisper it. Kareem Hunt, eight games. He's only going to miss eight <laughs> games. Um, he'll 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 be there for most of the season. So, but and there's also nothing nothing wrong with Nick Chubb. I mean, I guess it's a situation. You know, they're going to kind of hurt each other, but you know, there's probably enough um, chances to go around. You know, like I say, when we talk about making that push up the up the tournament leaderboard at the end of the season, um, if you've got a couple Browns, whether it's Kareem Hunt, Jarvis Landry, uh, a guy I probably shy away from is uh, uh, Najoku, uh, but who knows? Maybe he's ready to to, to do something. Um, yeah, and and Mayfield, um, but that's the thing. Uh, you know, you do have to pay for May, for Mayfield now as a top five quarterback, and I think you know one of the things I've noticed. Um, you know, it's always the case. I think quarterbacks go so late. You know, you can get quality guys in the twelfth round, fifteenth round. Um, there's really no reason to take Mayfield that high, unless you know he's this year's Mahomes. So. Um, but I may I may be alone in uh, on that uh, on that boat for now. All right. Well, this is Sky. Thanks for that information. That's fantastic stuff. And I'm, so our final question. This is always one of our big ones, and we always uh, use this for our own information. We need a so reveal. We need a reveal from you. We need a player you're staying away from in early rounds of drafts this season, as well as a sleeper that you've been targeting in the mid to late rounds. Um, yeah, I keep wanting, uh, Melvin Gordon to be this great player, but I just think, uh, you know, you talk about some of those top receivers, uh, early second round, late first round, or, you know, David Johnson, I think is, is really primed to come back in a big way. Uh, maybe Le'Veon Bell, I mean. I think uh, players like that I'd rather have versus Melvin Gordon. Um, but, I don't know, week 12 is so interesting. Have you guys ever put in a note to the NFL like, hey, let's, let's, let's stop the buys at week 11? It would just cause people a lot less stress. Because, <laughs> yeah, last year I, I yeah, liked we, the Rams and the Chiefs, but. I was going to say we told them we wanted uh, an 18-game 18, 18 season and only two preseason games, and they're working on it. Yeah, and I've been blocked by Roger Goodell on Twitter, so I can't really get anything past uh, well, Matthew Berry still the likes NFL. You. Yeah, well, man, I don't know about that. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so we're, we, this, listen, it's, it's on the list, man, of, of things we want the NFL to change. And uh, when, when and if it does, uh, you can attribute this podcast to uh, being the, the spark plug, the linchpin uh, for uh, making right. it happen. Well, if anybody can, you, you guys. So, um, you know, throw 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 we some weight around. Can't get room to work on Blog um, Talk Radio, so I, you know. Um, then uh, go ahead. Scott. You wanted uh, you wanted somebody that I that I like um, as well. Please. Um. So, this one's on. Uh, he's on two of my three dynasty teams. Um. So, you know, maybe I'm hoping that, uh, you know, Adam Gates uh, can, fi- can figure it out. But uh, I'd like to see Chris <laughs> Herndon. Um, 
have a, have a big year. Um, I think he could very, you know, he's got that, that talent to be maybe a you know top seven or eight tight end. And I, I don't see a lot of difference between him and, and Evan Ingram. Um, besides, I think uh, Yosemite Sam Darnold uh, is a lot better quarterback uh, than Eli right now. Uh, you know, Hunter, Hunter Henry is another guy I think goes a lot earlier. But, yeah, I, I like Herndon. Um, and then uh, I wanted to give just a couple, like, r- deep names for maybe the Dynasty uh, listeners. Uh, sure. Uh, probably not. Uh, Deontay Johnson uh, getting some good buzz um, from the uh, Steelers coaches who, who seem to, to do pretty well with, with wide receivers. Um, I mean, he's, he's not going to impact, like, Antonio Brown, but they say he's got Antonio Brown-type um, skills. So, um, so Deontay, uh, and then also Keyshawn uh, Johnson for the Cardinals. Um, you know, maybe it doesn't happen for him this year, but uh, I do think they'll have to play from behind a lot. Um, and, you know, it seems like Hakeem Butler, Isabella are always going to be picked a lot higher in those rookie drafts. But, I mean, I think if you take uh, the other Keyshawn Johnson, maybe early in like uh, fourth round, um, or maybe really late in uh, these best ball drafts, you know, if you're looking for a guy in the 28th round, um, somebody on that uh, Cardinals offense might be, might be all right. But, uh, but yeah, that's just, well, uh, I do, I used to, I was going to say, I just used to, you know, be, you're talking about career and stuff. I used to be in newspapers, but you know, that seems like forever ago, uh, studied journalism, but I do like to read. So, uh, you know, I see some of these uh, worldwide web, uh, you know, Google articles and, um, yeah, that's a pretty good way. Besides listening to the uh, HSFF Hour, I mean, uh, uh, looking at some of the local uh, local <laughs> reports is a good idea. No, that's very true. The local beat writers know what's up. Yeah, and uh, so does Sky Eilers. He definitely knows what's up. Main event league title under his belt. Pros versus Joe's league title under his belt. And uh, overall, a finish in uh, the Pros versus Joe's second place last year. Sky, I know you uh, expect even bigger things in, in 2018. We have no doubt that you are going to do your best to get there. Enjoy the drafts this summer, and thanks so much for coming on the show this week, man. Really appreciate it. Yeah, I'm, I'm really happy to get the invite. I, I really hope to, to talk to you all later again. Sounds good, man. We'll see you soon. Sky Eilers, ladies and gentlemen. Follow, on to, uh, follow him on Twitter, at Sky Eilers. Of course, uh, going to be uh, a force to be reckoned with in the FFPC main event this year. Dave, uh, so exciting. It's a big night. We've named all the Joes, but we have some news to get to as well. And I want to thank Football Guys, Roto World, and Rob for tonight's rundown. Let's kick things off with your favorite player. Just kidding. Emmanuel Sanders. Like, oh, your favorite player to make trade offers to dump. And I, and I got rid of him. Did you, what did you sell him for? That was, he was in that girly trade. What was the trade again? Uh, it was uh, first, uh, first and second for Trey Burton, Emmanuel Sanders, and Gurley. The first and a second. Yeah, 2020. Oh, you really gave him away, didn't you? Well, listen, uh, you mad because I was fine to dump Gurley, but Emmanuel Sanders <laughs> is the one that really hurt, Dave. And uh, after I saw him on his Instagram today, he was running routes. I don't know if you saw this, but this is a guy who's coming I off. I could run routes too right now. He was, he was uh, coming off a torn Achilles. He resumed sprinting last month. And then he started moving laterally. Now he is uh, working uh, in, in routes. He's 32 years old. I'm looking at the Broncos wide receivers, Dave. Do you have a favorite this year between Sanders, Sutton, and Deshaun Hamilton? Oh, wow. 
So no is the answer. I, yeah, I just I don't you don't like any of them. Not really, I guess. You know, I don't I don't really believe in Sutton, so I don't really believe in the Sutton breakout. Second year, that's the second year breakout. But right. I mean, it, he it's almost like he has to be the guy, right? I mean, it doesn't know a fans right away. I mean, that doesn't seem well, possible either. But there's going to have to be over 3,000 yards passing, no matter if it's you know Flacco or if he gets he's not going to get benched. So I mean. I guess it's going to be Sutton. I mean, I don't. I, I can't possibly think Sanders comes back off the Achilles and does that. I, I can't do it. That, Sorry. That's my um, uh, input. There's been a lot of buzz about uh, Deshaun Hamilton, though. A lot of people saying that he could be catching a lot of balls this year. A lot of smart people. So he's a guy I would look yeah, at. Who are the smart people? I actually, I, I think Evan Silva was one of them, if oh, I remember he's correctly. A smart person. Yeah, he's there. Um, I, I was looking at him in the late second round of one of our dynasty drafts together, and he actually got uh, uh, snaked up before I could. Uh, before in the I second? Could, yeah, late second, yeah. Shut up. Yeah. D- Deshaun Hamilton? You have, you have a problem with him in the. I'm no, talking about Dy- Dynasty. Yeah, I'm aware dynasty of what rookie. you're talking about. I don't even know that he's rostered in every league in Dynasty. Well, he, he's not rostered in, in that league anymore because he was scooped up before I could even get to him. Second round pick. I mean, it was, maybe it was third. Maybe it was third. I where is he being drafted and redrafted? I'm trying. To I'm trying it. to load that right now. I'm, I have it actually printed here. Which oh, is really, it's actually embarrassing. It's printed because you can't use. You know, bulky when you um, have it printed. I don't have a control F feature on the on the sheet of paper. I was, just, I was talking about somebody <laughs> that the other day. I'm like, I wish I could control F in like real life. All right, FFC drafts. Uh, his ADP is 181, 16.1. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's in best ball in the last uh, two weeks. Okay. Thanks, so, Fantasy Mojo. Yeah. Uh, props to FantasyMojo.com. All right, so uh, you don't like any of them. Does the quarterback fla- uh, Flacco factor into that at all? I mean, for best ball, Deshaun Hamilton in the 16th round, I, I'm sure that okay. there's worse picks out there. <laughs> yes, there are, my friend. Uh, yes, there the are. Indeed. Curse, for example. Oh, yeah, he, he just got signed by Detroit this week, too. That's uh, that's something uh, I, I, I don't think he found the rundown, but I feel like it's worth bringing up. Yeah, Emmanuel Sanders going at the 1202 in best ball right now. And who's the other one? Ham- oh, no, we already talked about Hamilton. Sutton. Sutton, thank you. Uh, Court and Sutton going at the 901. So FFPC drafters are selecting him at the 901. Uh, he is the first Broncos receiver off the board, according to that. So that's Sanders. All right. Until, and until just recently, Tyreek Hill was going just ahead of Sutton until what you're about to read with the next news story. According to NFL Network's Tom Pelissero, quote, barring any further developments, there is every reason to believe, end quote, Tyreek Hill will be back with the Chiefs before the start of next month's training camp. Johnson County Police stated that they are no longer pursuing any criminal charges against Tyreek Hill, who is obviously under investigation for uh, the alleged child abuse. Chiefs still have banned Tyreek Hill from all team activities. Uh, Pelissero and their support actually says that he thinks the Chiefs are going to lift the suspension before training camp starts in July. Now, if that does happen, you know the NFL is still going to launch their own investigation into this, uh, given that Hill has already pled guilty to domestic assault and battery. Um, uh, well, he was in college. He could still be facing a pretty long suspension from the NFL, and we know the NFL does not act quickly on these sorts of things. You saw the Ezekiel Elliott saga. Um, Dave, I'm just curious, is this the definition of fake news that we got from the NFL today? Because I don't know if his, it changed much. I actually disagree with you. I think, it's, I think it means a lot. So if the DA is, not, this here. The DA is not bringing charges, that's, Correct. that's the news. Yes. So, and there's been okay, – They closed the investigation. Investigation there was, over. There was – and again, I, I'm sorry I might butcher this, but I read this on the football guy's board. Something about uh, – I think it's called Munchausen syndrome or something. Did you read this? That his 
ex-fiance or fiance or whatever the uh, that oh, where she's constantly bringing him in for that she made stuff that she right. that she actually injured the child and then blamed him and made stuff up. I and mean, I don't know if this is true. I mean, there's but there's chances. I mean, there again, there's rumors about uh, that her that she and her father might be brought up on extortion charges or something. Oh I mean, my! So I mean, there's a lot of smoke all over the place, and there is a chance. There is a chance. And, you know, everyone rushes to judgment. All the, you know, social justice warriors are rushing to judgment about Tyreek. Maybe he didn't do anything. You don't know. We weren't there. But what it, about seemed, it seemed like he did. Now, granted, okay, he had these other issues from before. But, I mean, okay, so now if, let's just say this, this all went down. So how, does he, how, did, how do you justify him getting suspended if you really don't have any proof that he did anything and there's a chance that she did all of it? And now, so now you bring up all this other crap from way back when. Well, what what about the audio? The the audio that was released. Okay, yeah. So the audio is bad, right? But that right. what is it exactly? Is, is that is that in and of itself? If he didn't touch the child, is that a suspendable offense? Um, again, I don't, don't know. Don't, I mean, don't shoot the messenger here. No, I'm, 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 just, I'm, I'm not ask, expressing I, my opinion. I'm asking. Here's I'm here's here's the way I would look at it. I think the NFL. Uh, we've seen how they've treated uh, abuse cases before. Okay. But, 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 Hold on, just let me get this out. Let me just get this out. We, we know what he's done in the past, and now this audio comes up. That's a bad look for the NFL, and I think the NFL is concerned, more concerned about image than um, necessarily having the punishment fit the crime. That is not necessarily what I believe, Dave. Before he answered the NFL. What right, he's done in exactly, the yes. So, so now, now listen, I'm not, say, I'm not saying I agree with it, but I'm saying that I think that the NFL will factor that into it, rightly or wrongly. See, I, just, I don't understand how – a person who did something before they were under the, the, the auspices of the NFL, before they were under their, um, I don't know, whatever you call it. You know, under the shield, Dave. Yeah, under the shield, yeah. What, what happened in college, you paid whatever prime, prime it was. You paid the price by getting drafted in the fifth round. And then if something did happen, something happened to the child, whether it was him or not, I'm not arguing for him or whatever. I'm just saying that there, if there's a chance that he didn't do anything, how do you punish a person with no – concrete proof. They don't have concrete proof that he did something based upon something that happened way before and then him making a, a you know, a bad, having a bad look in an audio tape that she taped. You know? All right. Now, to your point here, let's, let's say that that's what it is. Okay. Then what if the NFL does levy some sort of suspension? Let's say it's a lengthy one. And then there's the appeal and the NFL PA gets involved. Now you're talking about Maybe he's playing amidst all this too. He could be playing the whole season. He could be playing the whole season. Well, I guess yeah, worked on. You know, and, and all of a sudden now he's looking like an incredible buy, Dave, in the 803, which is where he's been going in FFPC. The highest he has gone in the last two weeks has been the 207. Well, again, again, you know that's fine, but none of that really matters based on the news that just came out today. So to, to talk about two weeks of old ADP is is a day old ADP is too old, in my opinion. Yesterday's yeah, ADP yeah. is too old. I think I think he moves up a couple rounds, maybe three to four rounds. I think he starts moving up seriously. Um, I would have to say now the odds of him getting suspended are still pretty high, but I think it's more like a four to six game suspension. And I do think he appeals it. I mean, if he appeals it strongly, his lawyer's making the case that he didn't do anything. And you know, they have the text messages which are <laughs> written in very appropriate proper English, which is really funny yeah. actually, because I doubt that he would text in that fashion. Maybe there's an app for that. <laughs> Correct immediately. Yeah, 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 something like that. Like I, I need that proper English app yeah. for for my text. They're an abomination. I think there's I think there's a couple lessons to learn here though. First of all, you don't sell players cheaply when bad news comes out like that. And I, I a lot of bad trades were made. No, we well, and, and especially when it's not an injury. You right. know what I mean? Where things can change in in a Thanos decimation snap. That one's for you, Hudson Kernry. <laughs> but by the way, I don't I don't think that uh, 
there's a chance that on this going the other direction, Hill's a total scumbag. He did it, right. and he's going to do something in the future. So I mean, he may be at one. You know, this might be the peak of his resurrection. Like Josh Gordon, he's going to fall off into the toilet and be terrible. So maybe now is the time to trade him if you really don't like him. You know, so also so now if you don't believe in him, trade him now. He's right. moving up. Uh, but also then the people who took McCole Hardman, assuming that Tyree Kill. Oh, I was good, thinking about that. That was a huge mistake. Yeah. I drafted Hardman in zero leagues. Me I too. traded Hill in zero leagues. Yeah. So I, I feel like don't sell low. You sell high. Yeah. All right. That's it. Brand's see, over. see it through. Uh, uh, um, and if you own him when it's over, it's over. It's too bad. Sorry. What's the thing George, the, the first George Bush always said? Not trust the process, but it was something like, you know, see, see it through to the end. I can't remember what it was. Trust but verify? I'm sure that was one of his things. That might have been like Reagan or somebody. Um, Let's do a a quick would you rather. I'm I'm trying to up his ADP and and get a feel where you would take him if you were drafting in an FFPC league right now. Would you rather have FFPC like a classic or uh, best ball? Best ball. Oh, best ball. All right. um, Okay, let's do football guys. In a football guys draft, would you take Tyreek Hill or if let's assume for the purposes of this argument, you're taking a receiver. Tyreek Hill or Julian Edelman? I would take Edelman. Tyreek Hill or Robert Woods? Uh, Woods. Tyreek Hill or Kenny Galladay? Uh, Galladay. Okay. We'll move down a little bit further here. Tyreek Hill or Calvin Ridley? I think I'm now I'm taking Hill, but I do like Ridley, actually. Tyreek Hill or Tyler Lockett? Hill. Tyreek Hill or Sammy Watkins? Oh, uh, you know, it's funny. Same team. I'll, yeah. take, um, I'll take Hill. Tyreek Hill or Cooper Cup? Hill. Tyreek Hill or DJ Moore? Moore. Last one. Tyreek <laughs> Hill or Chris Godwin? Uh, I'll take Hill. I, you know, I'm not as big of a believer in the 100 catches on Godwin. Dave, you have safely put Tyreek Hill now in the early to mid-fifth. He is going at the early in, at the 803 right now. So just like you said, moving up a few rounds, That's and you've just that, shown like, yeah, that's so how that, you would draft him. That's kind of assuming a four- to six-game suspension a little bit. But there's a chance. But, that, but that's but, a zero. But it's, but it's all about using the information we have right now when we're drafting and making the best possible decision with said information. You know, in, in a football guy, okay, in a national contest or a best ball, there's reasons to take him earlier, right? In a national contest, you're trying to beat all these zillions of people, right? So I think taking him earlier makes sense uh, just to get him. You know, mm-hmm. take him over guys like Galladay. That makes sense, right? And the same thing in best ball, because if he's playing 12 games or 10 games or even eight games, you don't, it doesn't matter. You just have to, he just starts those eight games if he plays well. All right, so let's move on from this discussion and talk about what we always like talking about in June. People who have lost Bilal weight. Powell? No, people. Oh. oh, yeah, he signed with the Jets today. I'm excited <laughs> right. for that. Welcome back, Bill. By the way, Jets fans will love that. What? They love, they love Bill Powell, so they love getting him back. Do they really? Yeah, I, I, I feel like that's Adam Gase's best movies made since he got to town. <laughs> Although I think they heard a new GM, so maybe somebody else. Did. Yeah, that, just today, the uh, Douglas guy from Philadelphia. Hopefully um, that's his first move. He's like, welcome back, Bill Powell. You know what he should do next? Huh. Joe Namath. Special assistant yeah. to the regional the manager. <laughs> yeah, uh, and, and bring him back. All right, so uh, NFL Network's Omar Ruiz is reporting that Rashad Penny has actually lost 15 pounds this offseason. And if you go back to his rookie year in Seattle last year, conditioning was brought up as an issue that Penny dealt with throughout the season. By the way, didn't we say last year, yeah. before all these drafts, and Penny, we said he looks fat, he looks chubby. 
I don't remember me personally saying that. You might have said that. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, never you thought he. I ne- you're a running back in the NFL. You have a fat face. How do you have a fat face? I never really thought he looked in in all that great a shape. No. But I will say this, Dave. You know who else had a fat face? In my opinion, when he played in the Eddie NFL. Eddie Lacy, your best friend. Well, no, he actually didn't have a fat face. <laughs> um, Marshall Falk had a fat face, and oh. that who has been he's been training. Penny has been training with Marshall Falk, oh. uh, who is an NFL Hall of Famer. They both uh, are are San Diego State Aztecs. Uh, Chris Carson has been resting in, way, in OTAs, and so Penny's seen all the first-team reps at running back. All right, I'm just going to read. He's been mentored by Marshall Falk. He's, right. not, he's not training with just well, you know, Marshall what, Falk okay. isn't training with him. Right. He's just standing around. Well, maybe. Just to be clear, I'll tell, I'll tell you this. Falk's fat face is staying his fat. Maybe Marshall Falk's been chasing Rashad Penny around, and that's how he <laughs> lost the weight. You never know. Maybe so. That'd be good for Falk anyway. Yeah. I like Marshall Falk. Got you a great guy. Um, what, do you know him? Yeah. I mean, we hang out all the time. I'm being serious. Do you? Have you ever met him? No. Oh, okay. He could be a total knob. He could be, you know, the worst guy on the planet. I have no idea. I think I told the story on these airwaves before, but um, I used yeah, – I'm just going to – Hey, I saw Nate Burles in sunglasses. He's a nice guy. Yeah. Works for NFL Network now. Yeah, good. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I live in Appleton, Wisconsin, about a two-hour drive north of Milwaukee, which is where my dad grew up, and my grandparents, who uh, used to live down there, we would go down on trips to visit them every so often. And I uh, would get – uh, there was an upstairs bedroom. It sort of, it wasn't an attic, but it was sort of like an attic. And that's where I'd slept when I'd go down there. And they'd always wheel in a TV for me to, to, to watch. How at, long is the story? I, I, it's already too long, I know. <laughs> they'd wheel in a TV for me to watch at night before I went to bed. And so I'm flipping the channels. I didn't have cable back then. And I was watching um, uh, the Holiday Bowl. I believe it was the Holiday Bowl. All right. And um, I remember seeing this really fast running back from San Diego State. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this guy is amazing. I wonder if he's going to be good in the pros. And then I kept watching him. They piled up like 250, 300 total yards or something like that. Um, and I'm like, this guy's going to be awesome in the NFL. And it was Marshall Falk. It was nice. the first time I ever saw him play as a kid. And I was like, he's going to be special. And he was. Were you playing fantasy at the time or no? No, I don't believe I was. I mean, I mean like, I eventually you just drafted him, and, and he played on teams. Right. I just don't remember, you know, I don't – I wasn't – I know I wasn't playing fantasy when, when uh, he was – that's awesome. College, That's yeah. actually pretty cool. Uh, all right, Sony Michelle. Uh, let's uh, w- before we get to Sony Michelle, uh, Rashad Penny. Are, are you interested in him? I was actually talking about Kevin with Kevin Proctor, the Throwbacks uh, franchise owner, um, FFPC player, about Carson versus Penny on the road of his high stakes lowdown, which you can still download at roadofhis.com/podcast. Penny and Carson roughly going around, right around like within a, a round of each other. He says sometimes he drafts Penny first, sometimes he drafts Carson first. Do you have a preference between the two this year? You know, it's, it's, it's actually a great question. I actually think both players will be fantasy relevant. They both will do pretty well. Uh, and you, you, Mike Davis left, so you have all those receptions that are still kind of up for grabs, so to speak, literally. Uh, Carson's not a big pass catcher, so I guess I would sort of lean Penny, but I, 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 I feel pretty comfortable drafting Carson as well, actually. Right. I, 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 don't like, I don't dislike either player, especially at where, both of where they're going. One team in the NFL last year, Dave, ran the ball more than they passed it. You know who it was? Uh, that was the Seahawks. That is and correct. And they said they were going to do it again. And, and it might even be worse this year, you know? Right. When your number one receiver is Tyler Lockett, like a guy who should be playing the slot, uh, yeah, that's, that's where you're at. Um, at the, who else do they have? So they, okay, so we, the, the rookie, DK Metcalf. Okay, so they have Lockett and, like, a guy who can't run routes right. and yeah. stop. The corpse of Doug Baldwin uh, has retired, so he will not be there Nick anymore. Nick Vanette at tight end. He's a, yeah, he's a tight end. Who but, else? I mean, does they have, I, I'll, I'll Dude, look. we don't even know. I'll, lo- I'll load it up. I'll load it up. Um, I they drafted Jerry Jennings this year yeah, as Jennings well. The, yeah. 
I'm getting him at like the fourth round of rookie draft, so no one likes him, of course. Right. Um, all right, I'm loading up the depth chart right now. So, at your look, we're just talking about receivers, right? Yeah, your receiving options. Yeah, this is oh, not. Deron Brown is supposedly looking good, whatever. Right. David Moore. Oh, remember him last yeah, year? He's a hot he's, wave, waiver wire pickup. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, oh, it's pretty bad, actually. Well, why invest in a position that you're not going to use? Uh, you know, based on on their on their philosophy. <laughs> I mean, they have they have. I'm not going to argue. I'm not. I can't. I can't. They have Metcalf. They have Lockett. And that's I can't. Go I mean, they spend money. And they spend a good high draft pick on on Metcalf. Just don't ask them to stop and turn. That's left a or higher right. one of Rashad Penny. Don't turn left or right, Metcalf. Just go straight. <laughs> I saw your tweet. I I need a good laugh. Anybody? Did anybody send me videos of DK Metcalf running routes like shit? That was hilarious. And it got like 40 likes or something like yeah, that. People it enjoyed it. Yeah. It's true. Everybody's, yeah. everybody's posting these things. And uh, the funniest one I thought was there was someone talking about a water buffalo trying to stop before running off a cliff. That was so funny. Yeah. It's it's not great. It's it's not it is not great. Um. All right, Tony Michelle. Let's move on. He now this is actually I should have bumped this up, Dave. He's been absent from Patriots minicamp uh, since May 20th. He has not been spotted. Hasn't even been seen there. Uh, per MassLive.com, uh, the reason for his, un- for his absence is unclear. Now, you remember last year he battled that knee issue coming into the season, big part of the reason why you and I didn't get him on a whole lot of teams. I think I had Michelle on one team last year. Um, and uh, Damian Harris, as we talked about with Sky Eilers, is picking up a lot of buzz right now. Now, you're looking at Harris's ADP going up. Michelle's coming down a little bit. Is that the proper way to assess this Patriots running back situation? I think so. I mean, you have to consider James White was actually a top 12 running back as mostly a pass catching back. He's still going to be super involved. He's going to maintain that role. So realistically, okay, are we, let's think about it for a minute. Are we fighting over a first and second down back for albeit a super high scoring team where you don't really know what the outcome is going to be? I think that one can make the case that you should avoid both until it's kind of figured out a little bit. Because, you no, know, Michelle's not cheap. Harris, Harris is getting to be, you know, costing a bit. This is just in redraft. I think in, in Dynasty, I like – I took it Damian Harris a few shares of him. I like him, actually. I think he's I think he's as good or better than Josh Jacobs, and that's how Alabama wow. used him. Alabama used, Alabama used Damian Harris more than they used Josh Jacobs. He had True. a higher yard per carry. He was more productive. But yet all of a sudden – Had an extra year of experience. Better. And now who drafted Josh Jacobs, the shittiest organization in football, and who drafted Damian Harris, the best. <laughs> I mean, so it's, how hard is it, right? Anyway, go ahead. That is a good – I had not considered that. Uh, I, w- I was listening to um, uh, one of the football guys' podcast. It was um, on the couch this week, and I think Sigmund Bloom said somebody asked John Gruden, and, or maybe it was Scott Barrett was talking about this. Somebody asked John Gruden um, about uh, Josh Jacobs, and he says uh, – he, he, Are you doing a Gruden? Do a Gruden. Uh, he said something like, um, I got to tell you, Josh, if you're out there listening right now, boy, you better be getting some rest because we're going to be using you quite a bit this year. You kidding me? That, and that was. And it's actually good news for the, fantasy players. That no, want, it's great. Yeah. And, and, that's, and that's good if the Raiders can keep the ball long enough to make. When you get four or three touchdowns, yeah. they're going to be I mean, that, that's the, that's if, a, even, a, even a bad NFL team is not that bad. Even a four and twelve team scores occasionally. Yes, they do. That's the thing. Not that it scares me about Arizona, but one of the things. Not that I've been having nightmares and waking up in cold sweats about this, but it has occur- occurred to me. What if this Cliff Kingsbury thing is um, train wreck? Yeah, like what if they run three plays in twelve seconds and then it's fourth and twelve? 
<laughs> you know, and it's happening all the time. Like, what what happens then? Just you just gotta wait till the fourth quarter for the garbage production. Well, yeah, that's true. First of all, yes. Okay. Like, but you know, I Chip, guess it may not matter. It's I don't have knows. the stats in front of you, but Chip Kelly, for all of his, you know, not success as a GM, as a coach, he was a, he had a really successful offense. I mean, they, and granted, he was you know took him by surprise, but he had some high ranked offenses when he was with the, with the Eagles. Actually. Right. Yeah. No, that's that's true. Um, okay, so that's the Cardinals. But you, I mean, we talk about how concerned we are with Gurley. I, I might be getting to the point where I'm as concerned with Michelle. I mean, I guess that's different because Michelle's going in the fourth round. But I mean, Damian Harris is a tenth round pick. Looks pretty tasty right now. I, I actually agree with you. And by the way, so I, I, you know, I told you I have this little hip issue, so I might be going to get these stem cell treatments in the Cayman Islands. Sure. If I see some really ripped five ten, two hundred twenty five pound black dudes down there. Like, hey, hey, man, what's your name? So I have a feeling. Oh, you don't have to do that. Just, just yell out, Sony. It might be Sony Michelle or yeah. Todd and Gurley. Everybody looks if I see you have a dreadlock, you know, you know right. just like Gurley, yeah. I might have to, you know, I'll, I'll put that out on the Twitter. Um, Scott Barrett actually on that podcast was saying he has um, uh, an injury contact or somebody he knows that he trusts. And obviously, if he trusts him, this guy's probably been right quite a bit. He said he wasn't as concerned with Gurley. He said he is actually much more concerned about Sony Michelle. Really? Take that that's, for what it's That's like. crazy, actually. Well, well, we'll see what happens. Who's this again? This is Scott Barrett, Pro Football Focus, who's actually going to be in the Pros versus Joe's draft as a pro. Uh, said that he was more concerned with the Michelle is the thing that we should be talking about and the Gurley knee issue. He thinks He thinks that while Gurley's not going to be a bell cow anymore, it may not make a difference because Gurley's still going to put up a good, good enough fantasy production to make him a well worth it in the late second, early third. Is that his article in the Pro Football Focus? I thought it was that it was just recently, like a day or two ago. It might have been, yeah. You know, I, I feel you know, I'm not trying to say anything negative about Scott. I, it's, I, uh, there's, it's, it's a polarizing thing. But I mean, the thing about Gurley that people don't, you know, they say, oh, well, I project him to do this now. I mean, dude, you don't know. You don't have no idea what's going to happen. If Todd Gurley retired in a month or two, would that be the worst, craziest surprise of all time? I mean, is it impossible? Is is it, it, would, it wouldn't be the craziest surprise. Okay, okay so what, I mean, what is the chance that Gurley retires before the season starts? 5%, 10%? I'm not trying it's, to be – Yeah, I'm not, not trying 10, to be, but it's non-zero. It's, yeah, it's non-zero, right? I mean, you know, they, they talk about black swans, right? This would be a black swan of the NFL. It's something, oh, like, wow, we didn't expect it. It could never have happened until it happened. 24 years old. I mean, it, it could happen where it's like, okay, well, my, I, I just can't run anymore. Yeah. I mean, he was limping on the TMZ video. I'm not, I, and I still own two shares of Todd Gurley, by the way. I'm not trying to get anybody to sell them to me. I well, still, to your point earlier, <laughs> don't sell on these players. Well, I mean, I did, I did sell two shares of Todd Gurley. I own yeah. two shares. I have Daryl Henderson in, with one, and I have a free Daryl Henderson with, with, where I don't own Gurley, so I'm yeah. kind of even on him. Okay. So whatever. Fair enough. All right, let's, no get, in, let's, let's get in a couple emails here, Dave, before we uh, sign off. Um, let's go, uh, Jim in Philadelphia. Do you have a preference between Thielen and Diggs this year, or are you grabbing equal shares of both of them in your drafts? Thanks guys. That's Jim in Philadelphia. So, uh, Thielen and Diggs, just to be, before you answer this question, Dave, I am looking at the ADP, Adam Thielen in best ball for FFPC 305, Stefan Diggs shortly thereafter at 310. They're basically going in the same spot. I think I prefer Thielen over Diggs, but it is razor thin. Yeah, I guess I feel about exactly the same way. Thielen slightly, but yeah. You're not targeting either one like, oh, my gosh, no. He's the guy to own in this offense. Yeah, I'm targeting both, but not either one in particular. Yeah, interesting. You know, I, mean, I, I like both, but I don't, you know, I don't have to get one necessarily. What a wonderfully cosmic answer. Target both, but neither. <laughs> I feel like you should be at the top of a Himalayan mountain giving that answer. Yes, I'm in Tibet. 
Um, measure twice, cut once. Um, all right. Yes, monks say that. Right, also. exactly. Carpenter. Lou and yeah, uh, Poughkeepsie, New York. The Eagles have a lot of talent for Carson Wentz, but I'm not sure they have any must-draft players outside of Ertz. Are you targeting any Eagles other than him in 2019? Thank you for the email, Lou and Poughkeepsie. Dave, I don't think I am. I mean, like this Miles Sanders, I think I've cooled on him in redraft. I'm not really excited about the rest of the running backs there. I guess Goddard, you can get at a decent price in a tight end premium league right now. Um, but I don't like Alshon Jeffrey. I don't like Deshaun Jackson. Uh, I'm, I'm not a fan. I think Arcega Whiteside is, is not a guy I'm going to get. Maybe late in the best ball, there was a positive report coming about him uh, a, a day or two ago. But I'm not terribly excited. I, I think Wentz is going to be all right, I guess. But besides him and Ertz, no thanks. You know, I, I want to disagree with you. I want to create an argument, but I can't. Um, no, that's fine. Bring the real, Dave. I guess, you know, I, I, might, I might look at Sanders a little bit, if, but he's been, I think he's been limited in, in minicamp, so I, I just, or you may over that's, that's another thing that always, yeah, I, I pump in the brakes on guys like that. Of course, I did that with Michelle last year, and then that, that would have worked out if I would have drafted him more. The Eagles organization, you know, they say they don't care about your fantasy team. They really don't care about yeah, your fantasy no, team. no, they don't. So I, I just feel like the Eagles, you, you, it's kind of like a black hole of fantasy production. Ertz and uh, Wentz, and that's it. Uh, you want to get the single, the single, the single syllable guys who ends with Z on the team. That's it. Perfect. And that, and that is your mnemonic device for tonight. Um, you want to guess Miles Sanders ADP? Uh, 606. 605. Damn. Wow. Nice, nicely done. Oh, Very impressive stuff. All right, John and Bakersfield, California, dear Duper and Clayton. I think I know the answer to this, but I want to cover my bases since Miami has a new offense and a new head coach along with a new quarterback. Are you at all interested in Devontae Parker with the positive stuff that was written about him these last couple of days? Fins up or down, question mark. That is John in Bakersfield, California. Thanks for the email, John. You're looking at an ADP of Devontae Parker again over the last, looking at, yeah. a lot, over the last two weeks. 15.02, but again, this report just came out um, that, yeah. that he was making all these plays a couple of days ago. Um, Sky made the three, four rounds, right? Sky made the excellent point of oh, once again Devontae Parker looking good without defense. Yeah, um, very true. I am not interested even at this price. I just it's it's tough for me. So who's the quarterback? Fitzpatrick probably or possibly Rosen? Totally. Is that right? All the reports are saying Fitzpatrick okay. is running circles around Rosen. Now right. Rosen's learning a new offense, but still. Um. I can, you know, I, I have not owned Devontae Parker at all, really. Um, so I, I might take a poke at it. I might give it a shot. Oh, my God. Yeah, okay. Hell is freezing over right now. The reason is that he's so ungodly cheap, right? Yep. Fitzpatrick is a legitimately solid. I mean, if you look at, if you go on your MFL league and you take a look at uh, points per game, I don't know, Fitzpatrick is like three or four or whatever last year. I mean, the guy, he puts up numbers, man. Right. Uh, he's going to sling it. I mean, Kenny Skills is interesting, too. Albert, Albert Wilson, if he's healthy. I think you've got to look at all those guys. I mean, aren't they all super cheap? I mean, they're all the whole yeah. team. Is, the whole damn team is cheap. Hey, guys, Gates left. I don't care if Balky's coaching the team. At least right. it's somebody else. Right. It's uh, Eric Flores or Brian Flores. Excuse me, Eric Flores. Um, <laughs> Kenny Stills was – I had an opportunity to draft any Dolphins receiver, and that's who I took um, in a draft a week or two ago. Um, I still like him quite a bit. Uh, I, I, I would rather have him than Parker. I'm not terribly excited about any of them. Albert Wilson, I know, gets a lot of love still. Points per game basis last year, Mahomes, Big Ben, then Ryan Fitzpatrick. Unbelievable. Then Matt Ryan, then Andrew Luck, Deshaun Watson, Cam Newton, and Aaron Rodgers. I was going to say, 30-second plays, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, eighth. 
uh, a good three points, or actually uh, two fantasy points behind Ryan Fitzpatrick. So if you drafted Rodgers over Fitzpatrick this year, you were the donkey. Damn, I, I'm going to have to – I mean, Brian Fitzpatrick, man. Oh, in best ball? As a third quarterback? Yeah. Yeah. You get drafted. The show. And Rose, you might have to draft Rosen around the same time. Yeah. People and then you got to invest in four quarterbacks. <laughs> I mean, are you soaking well, – so, are you soaking one-fourteenth of your roster into the Dolphins' quarterbacks? Well, it depends. It depends on if you actually got like screwed or something, or like if you didn't get your quarterbacks, and and, and if your number, you know what I mean. Like if you, like, well, I'm gonna wait, and all of a sudden twelve go off. You're like, oh no, what happened? Now <laughs> I have Fitzpatrick, Rosen, Flacco, and Eli. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Then, then yes, then yeah. you want four. Yeah, then you have to have four. Uh, hey, Cheeseheads, help me out on these Packers receivers under Lafleur this year. Can you play a Yaman or nine with them? Tom in Fort Worth, Texas. Rob must want to get out of here. He's already wheeled out the machine. I am ready, willing, and able. To play a Yaman or nine with the Packers. I guess he just wants receivers, Dave. All right. Fire when ready. All right. Obviously, Devontae. Yaman! I bet I draft him a lot. If you are drafting in the back end of the first round, like if, if I am this year, that's I'm targeting him quite a bit. Yeah, someone said 200 targets. I mean, that's crazy. He had 169 last year, and Rogers like, I want to throw to him more. That's crazy talk. Uh, speaking of more, Jamon Moore. Nine, 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 nine. What? The guy can get open. I mean, he continues to get open, and he continues to drop passes. And drop passes and Aaron Rodgers throwing to you is not a long-term love affair. All right. As George Jefferson would say, how about this honky, Jay Kumara? Oh, God. Yeah, man. <laughs> the reason oh, for this is, right. yeah, you can get him super late, and Rodgers has gone out of his way in the past to praise Kumaro. So if, if you're in a best ball and you need some sort of lightning rod late, I think Kumaro's interesting. All right. Uh, Marquez Valdez Stanley. Apparently, mom and dad didn't want to change the names here, so I don't know why it didn't play. Yeah, man. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. Hey, blog talk. This something, is like your chat room. Something is amiss. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Right. Oh boy. You, oh, you really like them? Yeah. Oh, MVF. <laughs> Saddle up and ride with Tim. I'm getting them everywhere I can. No. Um. What's interesting is uh, when when Rogers was asked about. Uh, other other pass catchers on the team. Well, he wasn't asked about. He was asked about Adams. Said he wanted to throw to him more, and then he kind of meandered into other potential pass catchers. And the only two other guys he mentioned were Jimmy Graham and Marquez Valdez Scantling. Um, so I think MDS is is. I don't know if he's going to be the number two guy. I still think it's Allison. But uh, yeah, sign me up for MBS this year in a best ball. MBS bothers me because I have him near the bottom of my like he's like the 23rd or 24th guy in a 22 man dynasty roster and I'm like oh I can just cut him and now they heard the good news I'm like oh yeah. I can't cut no, him. I'll trade him for a second rounder. Not a bad idea. Geronimo Allison ball. Already drafted him in one league this year. He has been running in the slot quite a bit. He's been the second receiver out there, number two receiver in an Aaron Rodgers offense. I don't care at what point in his career, still interested. And whenever I say his name, I think of horses. Ichomenia St. Brown. Nine, 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 nine. His parents were, they decided they mated for the sole purpose of breeding an athlete. I don't know if his mom did. I know his dad did. Well, she went along with it. She went along with, with it. With the gag yeah. eventually. Um, with the gag. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the ESB thing uh, in that Ty Dunn story on Bleacher Report, how he got frozen out by Aaron Rodgers. We know Aaron Rodgers holds a grudge. I think there's too many other talented guys there, and he's going to have to just make a ton of plays to get to back, get to back, being back, get to. Getting Rodgers good grace. Thank you. <laughs> good God. 
you know like what? short circuiting over here. Aaron Rodgers, yeah, you know what? We're all robots in, in some way or another. I think Will is a myth. Bucky. I think I think that's it, right? Trevor Davis yeah, obviously the show is over. Nine. Oh, oh wait, yeah. oh, are you talking about something else? Two two emails. I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna go out of order on this because this uh, this other one is awesome. Rick in Hopkinton, Massachusetts. Can you guys give me your thoughts on what Ravens receivers to go after in the Baltimore offense that Lamar Jackson had no idea existed prior to OTAs? That is Rick in Hopkinton, Massachusetts. That's a run-on question. Um, so your thoughts on, is it the rookies? Is it Marquise Brown, Miles Boykin? By the way, I, we may have answered this already. I feel like within the last, like since the NFL draft, um, and I feel like you said, if I can remember correctly, I think you said Marquise Brown was the guy you were interested in. Well, out of the two of you, draft the guy who was a first-round pick. But I know, I'm saying like you can be interested in both of them. Yeah, I mean, Maybe. I think Boykin has a little bit more work to do. Uh, Marquise Brown is a pretty—he's a pretty good baller at Oklahoma, so I—I I, I think he's the guy I would try and get. What about the foot thing? Does that concern you at all? Yeah, it concerns me a bit. Yeah. Okay, so would it concern you enough, Dave, if you're looking at drafting a receiver in the early 14th round of a best ball, and Marquise Brown was out there? I would look at him for sure, and I would okay. also look at uh, Mark Andrews for sure. I, I think that. They talked about Hayden Hurst gaining 20 pounds. I think that's for blocking purposes. Yep, I totally agree. And Andrews was a he, – he and Chris Herndon, I mean, if you can grab those two guys, those are your second-round tight end breakouts from last year that are going to come, come out. And you, you get – okay, you could take Austin Hooper. He's going to have the same 600 yards and crap and four or five touchdowns. Or – He had over 70 catches last year. Whatever. Or you can have Herndon much cheaper and Mark Andrews much cheaper, and you might have upside beyond, beyond Hooper. There you go. Chris Herndon is going at the 906. Austin Hooper is going at the 806. I don't know if that's much cheaper. So 126. All right. Okay. Um, all right. Fine. Mark Andrews is going at the 1209. In he's still a value, but pe- but uh, draft Twitter is bumping him up. Uh, fantasy draft Twitter well, keep, is bumping keep him it up. Keep it quiet. Um, Sigmund <laughs> referred to. Okay. So Hayden Hurst. He's talking about putting on his 20 pounds of muscle. The very next day, he had a soft tissue injury. I think Roto World reported this. That's so funny. And that Sigmund Bloom on one of the Football Guys podcasts this week called him Hayden Hurts. <laughs> and he had, he had a foot injury last year, too. I mean, yeah. so, yeah, no thanks for passing on that. Plus, he, he was an old prospect. He's still an old prospect. And he was he, – he, he didn't crush the combine or no, anything like that. No, but he, he should be dominating. If you're 25 going against, like, 19- and 20-year-olds in college, you should kill him. Yeah, you should. Um the other thing I wanted to say, you will not take Marquise Brown at the 1401. Do you know who's going at the 1403, Dave? Oh, yeah. In that case, it must be Andy Isabella. Andy Isabella. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. I'm taking Isabella. So there you go. Um, all right, finally. Well, yeah, it's actually kind of close because, I mean, Brown, there's literally no one else in town there. But anyway. Uh, Boykin. Willie Sneed. Willie Sneed. Chris Moore. Jordan Lasley. Yeah, Lasley. Michael Floyd, who I never drafted anywhere, so hopefully no one else did, but right. they did. Former first-round dynasty pick, Michael Floyd. Yep. Jaleel Scott, Seth Roberts, Jalen Smith, and other – Joe Horn Jr., like 10th on the team. Hey, what, uh, was Michael Floyd a first-round NFL draft pick, too? I thought he was picked 22nd overall. Maybe, yeah. Maybe he was, it might be, well, I, you I, said I, rookie draft pick, but a first-round rookie draft pick. I think he was a first-round NFL pick, too. Maybe he was 14th. I don't know. Where did he get – Well, either way, he's still a first-rounder, right? Yeah, he was a colossal boss. From uh, Notre Dame, I believe. Yeah. Okay. All right, final email, Dave, uh, tonight. Um, this is from uh, – I'm not going to say who it's from. I'm going to read the email first. First round pick, 13 overall. Wow, 13 by Arizona? Yuck. Yes, Arizona. Now that I've – excuse me. 
Now that I've been on the lam for numerous years and my boating business has taken off out of the country, my business partner and I have really taken a liking to fantasy football. Do you think Naheem Hines can back up his goal and get a thousand all-purpose yards this year? Signed, get busy living or get busy dying. That's from Red in Zihuatanejo, Mexico. <laughs> That's really funny. All right, so we have a listener. So, okay, so I guess these emails are all real. Uh, I don't know. This could be somebody in incognito wanting to ask us a question about Naheem Hines, or maybe it's the real-life uh, Red from, uh, from Shawshank Redemption. I have no idea. Balky, by the way, there's only six teams left in the Midnight Football Guys. Oh, I forgot i got to commission that. Okay, so we got to wrap this up. Um, <laughs> all right, so Naheem Hines, he said his goal this year is 1,000 all-purpose yards. Do you want to take a guess at what he had last year for all-purpose yards? I bet it wasn't that far off. Uh, 850? 700 plus. It's over yeah. 700. Yeah. Setting at a thousand this year with uh, Marlon Mack, who I know Sky Eilers likes, but it's always seen. I owned him in a couple leagues last year. Always seen he was dinged up. You have Jordan yeah, Wilkins okay. there. Let me interrupt you though. When yeah. Marlon Mack wasn't dinged up, he was popping off twenty to thirty point games. He was great. He was killing it. Yep. Kurt was he? Always, he would always text me like, "Do you see Marlon Mack?" Because I didn't own Marlon Mack in any teams last year, and I think he owned him on like some main event team that he was playing yeah. around. I'm like, no, I didn't see Marlon Mack. I don't own him anywhere, so screw you. Anyway, go ahead. Hines at the eleven oh four. You in business with him there? I don't you know, I don't mind it. If I need if I need running back help, uh, a player like him or a Deion Lewis in that spot or a few rounds later, Chris Thompson, all those, you know, pass catching guys. Yeah. Where's AP going, by the way? I'm gonna get to that in a second. Uh, AP wants two thousand yards. <laughs> right. I'm gonna get to that. Oh, seventeen oh three, actually. I saw the HSFFR tweet out uh, this on Thursday, um that He's Adrian Peterson is a 17.03 in FFPC. Two thousand yard back, 17th round. Yeah, how can you lose? Uh, you, plenty of ways. Um, <laughs> Naheem Hines, 11.04, or Justice Hill at the 11.08. Which one do you like better there? Um, God, that's so tough. It's kind of interesting yeah. because I think I'm signing up with Naheem Hines there. I think so. You, you have a known, right? And, you, and Justice Hill is an unknown, which right. he could he could exceed Hines, but I, I think Hines showed enough and. That he has to have a third round back role, I think. I think Hines, yeah. Um, if you're just kind of, if you already have a good core of backs, four or five running backs at that point, you want to shoot for the moon, go take ahead with receiver. Hill. I would take, somebody or, or take a receiver, yeah. yeah. I would not take a running back. Um, but uh, other than that, I'm going with Naheem Hines. And uh, I'm going to go home and commission Midnight Trap. I just need six oh, we'll more see. of you to, to yeah. sign up here. Uh, that is going to do it, ladies and gentlemen, for our show tonight. Thanks to Sky Eilers, Dave Gerzak, the FFPC, Rob Rice, and, of course, each and every one of you. Congratulations to all the winners uh, who were selected in the FFPC Pros versus Joe's drawing tonight. Uh, certainly appreciate your patronage, and good luck. We'll be covering you guys, uh, your drafts, live on this show uh, coming up in about six weeks, roughly there. Uh, check out the Maiden Dynasties and the 2019 Best Ball Leagues at MyFFPC.com. Football guys, early bird still going on. Get your teams in by June 30th. Draft them by July 15th. You will get a free $35 team credit for the first three teams you do that for. And your weekend officially starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. We're on the team explore, even more so if we on tour. Me and E explore the country, wondering about the evening before. Trying to explain where the time went. Will other rappers find a studio to grind in?
Dave, if there's one solace in the Milwaukee Bucks coming up short and getting to the NBA Finals this year, at least they lost to the eventual NBA <laughs> champions. Man, Golden State is uh, sharding the bed. It, it, they are not looking good at Oracle again. Toronto's going to win both these games. I said this earlier. I've been saying it on the show with Leo and Balky, which you can listen to on uh, 95.3, in Oshkosh, AM 1570, WSCO. You can also download the ScoreWI app at the uh, App Store or the um, uh, Google Play Store. Um, I've been saying this. I think it's Toronto's year. I, I just – all the, all these shots are going in. Kawhi Leonard's playing like a man possessed. Their defense has been unbelievable. Um, sometimes you get a feeling. And I always bring this back to what you said um, after we said for many years that Peyton Manning would never win a Super Bowl because of his contract, could not get the talent in. And uh, – we weren't watching the playoffs together. There's one game I, I, I had something going on and I actually called you and I said, well, how is that game going? And it was the Colts playing somebody in the AFC wild card or the, the, the divisional playoff. And you said, yeah, Peyton Manning looks unbelievable. Like just he's crushing. It might've been Baltimore or Sony, just crushing this really good defense. And you said, I don't know, man, maybe this is their the Colts year. I'm like, and that's the first time I started considering Peyton Manning winning the Super Bowl. He won it that year. He, he got his, his first ring. And I'm like, Oh, my God, and this is the same way I feel about the Raptors, and I felt this way about the Raptors ever since they won uh, game five uh, at, the, at Pfizer. I think this is their year. Uh, yeah, I think it's, this is their uh, one year. <laughs> and then it's Bucks, baby, in 2020. Well, then, and then what's his name? You know, goes back to America. Who? Their, their rental player. Oh, Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Leonard. The alien. Or whatever. I said I said that too. Like the way that, like he'll get hurt and it doesn't affect him. He never seems to get tired. He yeah. he guards the opposing players. And I said this on the air. And like you know, immigration is this hot button subject right now in America. Like how come nobody's talking about we're letting Martians play in the NBA? Yeah, like you don't even have to be born on planet Earth to play in the NBA. And Kawhi Leonard's example of that. Nice. Thanks for listening, everybody. Enjoy your weekend.